Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. This morning, would you go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 4? I want to be mindful of the time, and so I won't bore you with a lot of preliminary speaking. And you may be seated. I know we've been standing for quite a while, and I have some lengthy reading this morning. The book of Mark, chapter 4. I'm going to do something today that I would not typically do, and that's try to take two stories and tie them together. Um, and I hope, with the help of the Holy Ghost, that I can make sense of that when we come to the completion of this, and you'll understand what I've been talking about and won't be asleep. So, book of Mark, chapter 4. It's good to have my dear friend, Dina, with me this morning. Thank you for being here, Dina. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. We're all very familiar with this passage of Scripture. And, and if I may this morning, let's continue on into the next chapter, the book of Mark chapter 5 and verse 1. This storm that they have been in in the previous text that we read was a prelude to where Jesus was trying to get to. And then we'll pick up on that story here. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because the because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, and neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all of the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place in the sea. They were about 2,000 
and were choked in the sea. Now, no doubt this morning that uh, it's difficult sometimes to tie two stories together, but if you'll help me this morning, that's what I want to do, and I hope that I can make sense uh, of this, and I want to I preach to us from this subject, and I'll pose it as a question. What are you worth? What are you worth? Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we love you so much and are so grateful for the spirit that we have felt in this house this morning with worship. Appreciate the word that we heard from Brother Rayleigh this morning, God, and how it was applicable to our hearts. Appreciate the move of the Holy Ghost that was demonstrated here today. And Lord, for the next few minutes, I would just ask that you would touch our hearts and our minds and help us to hear what thus saith the Lord and help us to not just to hear the word, but to be doers of the word. I ask you to touch me, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. And the whole house said amen. Now, no doubt there have been countless sermons preached on these two stories that we read this morning, countless stories on the storm where, you know, the preacher has told us we can survive you know, we'll make it if you just stay faithful, if you'll be diligent, if you won't give up, you're, you're going to make it through this. But there is a, a more important question than will you survive the storm? Because there are a lot of people that survive storms, but when they get out to the other side, they're a complete wreck and a mess, and their life is forever changed, and they can never overcome that storm. But the question I ask that I feel the, that is most important this morning is, why will you survive the storm. Have you ever thought about how many times throughout your life, even from an early age, how many times are things that the enemy has tried to do to keep you from living for God, to, to hinder your relationship with God? And we read in Mark 5, this man is living in the tombs and he has not even seen Jesus yet. However, there is a storm that is in the Sea of Galilee that is trying to prevent Jesus from getting to him. And one might think and say, well, how did the devil have anything to do with this storm? And I read to us where Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves, and that got me to thinking that perhaps Jesus wouldn't rebuke what he had created, so he's rebuking what the enemy has sent to keep him from getting to the other side to see this man. So you and I both understand that the enemy in this day and hour and has always played for keeps. Make no mistake about it, he wants to destroy you. We were on the devil's radar long before we were born. I know what the word of God says in Jeremiah, how he knew us before we was formed, but make no mistake about it, the devil seen you coming long before your mama did. And before you and I were born, things were happening. Things were taking place in our families designed to keep us from being in the house of the Lord. Just like things happen that allow you to be a part of Pentecost today. It's a privilege to be an apostolic Pentecostal. And make no mistake, make no mistake, today the devil has tried everything he can do to keep you. I could pass this mic around and there could be some testimonies of all the things that went wrong last night and this morning to try to prevent you from being in the house of the Lord this morning. But I, I've stepped to the desk this morning to remind someone just how valuable you are to God because in spite of all the storms, in spite of all the winds, in spite of all the waves and the hardships, in spite of the uh, attack from the enemy, look at us here in church this morning. Are we perfect? 
No, no, we're not perfect, but we're clapping. We're raising our hands. We're magnifying him and thanking him for his goodness and mercy and what he's done in our life because he's been good to us and you are valuable. You're valuable to the kingdom of God. And we know that there is a brighter day because we have hope in Jesus Christ. And we're valuable. We're valuable to God, not only because we survived the storm, but because we survived, he's got so much for you and I to do for him in his kingdom. You know how I know that we're valuable to God and you know how come it's obvious that we matter and that we are important? It's because the devil does not start a storm for someone that he's not threatened by. And if you're going through a storm today, it's because there is something so big on the other side, and if you make it, if you will just hang in there, God has something for you to do, and he, he'll know that he can trust you with it because of the way you have handled the storm, because of the way you have conducted yourself in the storm, because of the way you walked and you talked in the storm, and you, you kept your faith, and you didn't deny God, and you didn't charge God foolishly, but you knew you knew he was there by your side. You knew that you could hold to the promise that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And it's that in the kingdom of God that God can use us. I turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm valuable to God. I'm valuable to God. The, the devil has tried to destroy you, but this storm has just proven once again the kind of foundation that we're built on. And I, I wanted to stand and declare and say my house is built on a rock. And I'll stand on this rock. Though the wind may blow and though the storms may come, I want to trust in the Lord. I, I've, I have been confused for quite some time and I thought that the storm had meant that God had left me. But in this scripture that we read, the storm just means that he's on the way. And if you're going through a storm now or if one happens to hit you on Tuesday morning, we have to know that that means that he's coming. The Calvary's coming. The Bible says that the storm came up suddenly and the moment that Jesus started in the direction of this man here comes the storm. Not because God wasn't with him, but God was headed in his direction. And if that's so, that there are times that a storm will prove. Let, let me say this. No one attacks what isn't valuable. You look at the history of wars. Every leader of, of an army or a force, they know that you attack first what is most valuable to your opponent. You, you, you demolish that immediately. And when you destroy what is valuable to them, they lose their will to fight. And they have nothing to fight for. So why would you guard something that isn't important? You're so valuable to God. And I'm so valuable to God. That same hedge of protection that he speaks of in Job, he puts around you and I daily. He watches over us daily. Young lady, young man, your life is so important to God and he loves you so much that the last thing he wants you to do is throw your life away on wasted living, on addictions and useless living. He loves you so much that he doesn't want to see you go down a road of, of, of a life that you can't explain, of a life turned in shambles. He doesn't want to see you be have a child out of wedlock and he doesn't want to see your life be completely wrecked and turned upside down. And that's why what has taken place here over the last couple of weeks or few weeks is baby dedications. Baby dedications are, in my opinion, so important. They're, they're critical. 
I thank God that my mother and father made a conscious decision to have me dedicated when I was just a, when I was just a babe. Did I, I, I serve the Lord as a young man, and I, I don't have time to go into all this this morning, but, but you know, I made mistakes, and I walked away from God, but every time in the midnight hour, even in my sin, even in my wrong, I could feel the hand of God touching me. I knew he was over me. Brother Larry, I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing in the world, but you yourself was dedicated as a child. And the things that has went on in your life, what a testimony. But look at you here today, preaching the gospel, obeying the calling of the Lord. It is so important that we cover ourselves, cover our children with a prayer and a win a hedge. When I was, I struggled yesterday trying to put this together because I knew that everyone was not going to get this. And I struggle with that because I take this serious and I believe that it is important to bring something to this desk that everyone can relate to. And I, I knew when I started preaching about the man called Legion and we, we talk about living among the tombs and cutting himself with the stones that most people would check out on me. You say, well, Jerry, I, I've got a few problems, but I, I'm nothing like that. I'm sure I've been through some storms, but I'm certainly not Legion. There's no way I'm like him. But I ask us not to be so quick to judge him this morning. He lived among the tombs, dead people. I wonder how many dead places we've been to. Now bear with me. It may have a different demonstration, but it's still the same dynamic. The Bible says that they would chain him up and he would break the chains. They couldn't hold him anymore and he would hurt himself. And we say, well, that's not us, but I ask us, is, is there no area in our life where perhaps we haven't been or not out of control? When I read this again yesterday, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was thinking, you know, I, I, I want to pattern my life after Jesus. I want to I be like him and I want to help people and serve people. But the more I read and studied, I began to think, oh no, God, search my heart. Because there might be some legion in me. Don't misunderstand me. I, I don't mean demonic depression this morning. But I do mean perhaps oppression. I have my own chains. It's hard to preach from your own dysfunction. But God has showed me in this season of my life that sometimes it's necessary. It can be very embarrassing and humiliating. But with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to help someone. We all, we all have chains to deal with in our own lives. And it may not be demonic like this man, but maybe someone might be out of control with their spending. And that don't count when we're buying suits for church. But maybe there are those who have chains of overeating or not eating enough, battling with addictions to medicine that was designed to help you in the beginning. Chains, chains that we don't like to talk about, like gossiping and lying and backbiting and selfishness. And if we had the time this morning, I could pass this mic around. And if everyone would pull off the mask and the cover and be completely transparent, we all have our own chains to bear. But thank God, we, we know the chain breaker. And I say, Lord, Lord, convict us, stir us that we don't get so haughty and high-minded 
that we forget where God brought us from. He's picked me up out of the miry clay and brought me from a dark place and I don't want to ever forget his goodness and grace and his mercy and there is nothing about you and I or our mess that intimidates Jesus. He knew the man was possessed when he got in the boat but it didn't stop him from going to him. And if you don't hear anything I say this morning, please hear this. And if you're watching by way of social media, I'm going to ask you to pay attention for just a moment. The same God that dealt with this man and his legion of demons is the same God that's been here with us this morning. He's the same God that has let his spirit move in and out. He's the same God that just spoke to us just a few moments ago and he wants to heal us. He wants to touch us. He wants to restore us and he wants to fill us with his spirit. He said, I am legion. I looked this up and found out in in these biblical times that legion represented 6,000 foot soldiers. That's a lot of demons. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Now, obviously, we all know our names, but ask yourself, do I really know my name? And only you can answer that, only I can answer that. Do we know who we are? Or do we have many different personas? Because we all can have a little bit of legion in us. There are many me's. I thought about that yesterday when my nephew Ethan was just a, just a young, young boy. His father and mother so graciously allowed him to spend a lot of time with Jennifer and I, so... He went with me everywhere. I'd pick him up from school and he'd work with me. And, of course, he wanted to emulate me. So he had to have his own cowboy hat, his own boots, and his his own belt buckle. And in my toolbox, I even kept a little hammer and little wrenches for him when we worked on stuff. But we'd go places and people would say, that's your little mini-me. And I thought about that yesterday and I said, there are mini-me's. Not not M-I-N-I. M-A-N-Y. There's many me's. And it's that way for all of us. There is online me. There's Sunday morning me. There's Friday night you. There's Wednesday afternoon you and Lowe's when you've been cut off or the man got the last piece of lumber that you wanted. Brother Rayleigh talked this morning about traffic. There's that in traffic you. There's you that only your spouse knows. There's a you that only you know. And there's a me that I I only know and that God knows. And there's a you and I that cries out day and night. We We don't cut ourselves with stones, but sometimes we inflict so much pain on ourselves. And we can't seem to stop. Sometimes we push people away and we don't even know why and we've been living among the tombs so long. Somebody's tomb is alcohol. Somebody's tomb is shopping. Somebody's tomb is pornography. Somebody's tomb is addiction. And that if we named everything we could, well, surely... Surely that person can't come to church. They, they wouldn't want to live for the Lord. They, they've got too much going wrong in their life. Um, look at the way they dress. Look at the way they act. You know, if I could say this respectfully, we Pentecostals have 
got to quit labeling people for their sins. For so long we have carried this torch in Christianity that we know who God wants to save and who he don't want to save. And we've got to shake that off of us. That is a spirit. And we've got to shake that off of us and learn to love people like God loves people. No matter where they've been, no matter what they've been through, look at some of us. He loved us enough. He loved us enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even... The word tells us that even demons run to Jesus. Those demons ran to him and fell down and cried, don't, don't make us leave. We got it like we want it here. We've, we've got this whole region on lockdown. But they knew that this man was valuable to Jesus and they knew that they were about to have to vacate the premises of this man's personality and his mind. They knew that someone strong enough had finally showed up to this region and I want to say to someone today, if you've tried everything else, if you've run to everything else and everyone else, run to God. Run to God and get in the presence of His grace. What works couldn't do, what the law couldn't do, what chains couldn't do, what shackles couldn't do, God is wanting to do that in our lives right now. Grace, grace can do what chains can't do. So now we get to the part of this story about the pigs. And the pigs, for me, are kind of the most important part. And I can't help but to wonder and think, why would the demons want to be cast into the pigs? Now, we understand that the devil never wants to give up any ground. So he will always try to compromise. Don't let the devil talk you into compromising your relationship with God. Hell is not worth it and that's where I'm headed when I begin to compromise my walk with God. See, once he establishes a foothold, he wants to stand guard in that area. And it's a brilliant strategy. You, you have to tip your hat to the devil. And don't underestimate him. And don't underestimate his demons because I'll tell you, no offense meant, but they are a lot smarter than some of us in church. They know how to get in formation. They know how to accomplish a purpose. And they know how to discern who is and what is valuable in the kingdom of God. And so what they do best is attack there. And Jesus tells them that you've got to go. Let that man go. He's important to me. I went through the storm to get to him. I went through the rain to get him. I, I've been in a boat for two hours to get to him. I, I only have three years to change the world, and this man is an important part of my plan. He's valuable to me. I know everyone else has forgot him and cast him into this cemetery, but I want him. Let me say this. If Jesus went through the storm for this man, and he went to the cross for you and I, how much must he love us? How valuable must we be to him? Jesus agrees and he, he casts them into the pigs and they, the, we read the story where the, the pigs run down the hill and they run into the water and, the, and they drown. 
And you see, the demons understood that the people in the region cared more about the pigs than they did the man. I'll say that again. The people in the region cared more about the pigs than they did the man. And sometimes us church folk care more about the pews where we're parking, if the piano's in tune, if Sister Chelsea hit the right note when she sang, we're more concerned about the material things and we lose focus on what this is all about and what it's always been about from the beginning and that's souls. We're in the soul business. This is a region that's known for, for raising pigs. This is, there's 2,000 pigs and they represent a large part of the income for these pig owners. And so... What does the enemy enemy attack? Whatever you value the most. And he knows what our value is. He knows where to hit us where it hurts the most. And that's why he'll use people to get into our relationship with God. He'll use people. What's really most valuable is our relationship with God. But he knows that if he can get people to offend us, that we will do just what these Gadarenes did. We, we will send Jesus away because we're offended. How many people, you think in your mind, how many people have walked away from God because of an offense that took place in church? And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. There are people that has been offended. And the people that done the offending, and I'm not pastoring here, but the people that done the offending is going to have to answer for that one day. But, but how many times have we seen people lose out with God because they were offended in the house of the Lord? That's why you don't come to church for people. If you do, you're on shaky ground. I love you with all my heart, and I'm glad we're together. I'm glad we've been able to sing together and praise together and we'll fellowship after church together, but I didn't come for you. I come for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and I come to magnify and list His name and I come to have my heart pure and I've come to receive something from Him that only He can give. I didn't come to, to see what you was dressed like today. I didn't come to see if you approve of my suit today but I come to get on my face before God and let Him know that I love you more than I've ever loved you today, God. And I want you to be with me. I want to be with you. I want to sup with you. And I ask you to walk with me today. The enemy knows where to hit us. And he knows where our insecurity is. He knows what you say to yourself about yourself. And he knows how to keep us bound. He knows everything about us. And since he couldn't stay in the man, the devil went into the pigs. If I kill the pigs, they will send Jesus away. I'm going to ask our musicians to come this morning. Let me hurt Job. We all know this story when the devil had a meeting with God and he said, I, I've been going to and fro looking for someone to devour. And make no mistake about it, every day we walk out into this world, ladies and gentlemen, he's walking to and fro looking for someone to destroy. 
God said, have you considered my servant Job? He's a, he's a righteous man. And I'm paraphrasing here, but the devil says, well, he's only serving you because all of his livestock and his herd is still intact. Let me touch his body. Let me touch his children. The enemy will use anything he can to get after our faith. And what he's after is our relationship with God. But he will use the pigs to get to you and I and to push us away from the presence of God. Don't, don't underestimate the devil. He will use your lost children. He will use your lost husband, your lost wife, your lost spouse. He will use your grief. He will use your anger. He will use your sadness. He will do whatever it takes to get you to plant a seed, a thought in your mind to, if God really loved me, why did he let this happen? If he really loves my children and I dedicated my children to him like I was supposed to do according to the word of God, why are my children living in sin the way they are? If God, if God, if I am that valuable to God, why would he let all the damage that's happened to me in my life? He knows exactly where we're vulnerable at. And guess where we are most vulnerable? wherever we place the most value, whatever our heart's in. That's why I admonish you today, if your heart's not in this 110%, I wouldn't leave this house till it was. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about today, all you've got to do is pour yourself out on this altar and say, Lord, I'm not getting up till I have a love for the truth, till I've been filled with your spirit, until I have a heart set on fire for you. That's, that's all he requires of us today. These, these pigs, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry to a close, but these pigs were worth approximately $2 million in, in modern money today. He said, if I, can, if I can get in the pigs and make the pigs drown in the water, the people will be so afraid because they'll lose their profits. So the enemy will attack us in the place of our greatest value. But I've got good news today. And this is what I've come to remind us. He only attacks what's valuable. So what are you worth? <laughs> You're worth so much to him. So if he has attacked you lately, or if you're under attack now, I know this is hard, to, a whole lot easier to say than it is to live out, but you ought to rejoice this morning because you must be highly valuable to God. The devil knows more about our destiny than we do and there must be something in our lives and on our lives. And, and let me just say this like I feel it. There are some under the sound of my voice that has so much potential in you and God wants to do so much and you are so valuable to him and he wants to use you like he's never used you before. And he's asking this morning, why won't you? Why won't you come a little deeper? Why won't you pray just a little longer with me in the garden? He wants to know today where. Why are your priorities there? Why does that mean so much to you? You let that get in the way of Wednesday night church. You let that get in the way of your time with me in the morning. 
Stand with me, if you will, this morning. You don't have to answer this or, or even nod your head in acknowledgement, but have you felt like that the last two or three years has been so hard? That it's been so difficult. And we've all felt like we've been in a dark place for a long time. Well, I want to tell you today, fear not. It's because he's been preparing you. He's been positioning you. We are so valuable to his purpose. We are so valuable to him and to his kingdom. Who else? Find someone in your life who would lay their life down for you. We say we will. We say we would. But he loves us so much. And we're so valuable to him. I'm going to ask you this morning as these altars are open or make an altar where you stand. Can we take just a few moments to say, God, I understand what I'm worth and I want you to help me to achieve whatever it may be that you want me to achieve in this kingdom. The enemy will, the enemy will try to disturb our mind and tell us that this altar that this altar is a place of shame. But Brother Rayleigh so adequately taught us this morning that no, that's not what the altar's for. This altar is for a place of communication with Him. It's a one-way line to heaven. And I ask us this morning, let's take a few moments to talk to the Lord and ask Him to, to touch us today and to restore us. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.